This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. What's up, chat? Look at all those wonderful people. You guys want to start? I think you do. Who's in the chat? We're going to get some folks in the chat. Let's uh, keep on going uh nicole's in the chat lunar girl thank you very much for moderating oh christian fandom geek geek is in the chat hail to the chat we're gonna revisit the chat in a little bit but um i just want to make sure that everything is working and it seems like it is how do you guys like my uh my new little graphic there of the young lady looking at the 3d glasses and saying oh scare fly all right whatever Excellent. So uh, tonight uh, we are going to be talking about Andor as usual tonight, Saturday, Scarif Live. i got a special guest uh, waiting in the background here. We will uh, bring him out and uh, say hello to our special guest. But um, uh, let's see who's in the chat. Uh, some wonderful people, our friends as usual. Thank you very much. Tina's in the chat. What's up, Tina? Um, my uh, co-host is uh, on vacation, so uh, I'm holding the fort down. Shanti, I hope you guys are having fun. And Brad is out to sea doing some military stuff. I can't ask because somebody will shoot me. But no, really. We've, been, uh, we've actually been emailing back and forth, and Brad has, uh, I think he's caught up to Andor. So this, uh, this is going to be great. I can't wait for him to come back. I think we're going to do kind of like a, an overall um, recap of the entire series uh, once he comes back. Team Scarif will sit down and uh, kind of go through our opinions, our takes, and uh, we're going to see if it was all really worth it. Um, we got a couple of episodes left. Uh, this is what, episode nine? Um, what's the title? Nobody's Listening. Well, I hope somebody's listening because we're going to bring out the special guest after this. is now the ultimate power in the universe what is up scuttlebutt nation this is ro from the scare of scuttlebutt podcast and you have tuned in to a secret transmission of the empire the scare of scuttlebutt podcast all these buttons i gotta push but we have our guest here tonight big chief burrito what's up man what is going on Ro? how you doing today man good 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 nice to uh to virtually i guess we've already virtually met Mm -hmm. But now it's like, I don't know, what, what is this, like a second stage, second the, tier virtual meeting? It's the, it's the second tier to IRL. So it's just <laughs> the, the live face. Absolutely. Excellent. So I belong to a couple of different uh, DM chats. I'm in a sci-fi chat. Obviously, a, a couple of friends of, of mine in the Red 5 Network chat that we kind of uh, do our little thing there. And um, all sorts of chats, and our friend Polly uh, stuck me in the uh, what do we what is that the brown 
chat. Brown, is it the Brown and Out chat? Brown like and Out chat. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, that's where we know each other from. We uh, drop some nuggets of information in there every so often. Thank you for joining us tonight. Yeah, man, absolutely. It's a pleasure. I'm trying to do more guest spots on pods and get out there and meet more people. It's always absolutely. Good. And, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, you know what, for the folks that are in our chat regularly, I know we've got uh, a mix of people in there now, but uh, why don't you tell a little bit uh, about yourself? Talk a little bit about yourself. Your, your, why are you still on Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I did a rant on my last stream about that. The differences of what I've gotten from Twitter versus what I've gotten from Facebook. Facebook, obviously, and Instagram and all those is like a curated is it either curated account on your life or just family and friends and figuring out which of your aunts and uncles are the QAnon crazies? Um, <laughs> but on Twitter, like meeting you, meeting Polly, I've met so many guests for my podcast and my stream. I've made connections. Um, yeah. I, so for me, it's like you can curate your experience. Twitter is one of the only platforms where if you post a YouTube video, it won't bring it down. It, it won't it won't stunt your 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 distribution. You know, Facebook only wants Facebook videos, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I'm staying on until the wheels fall off, you know, last one out, turn off the lights type deal exactly, uh, or until all the cool kids go somewhere else and invite me. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's cool, man. Uh, but, uh, everybody in the chat seems to be a cool kid. They're saying, uh, welcome to Scarif live. Uh, yeah. we're going to have a really great, uh, conversation. So I know, um, when I first asked, I put that out in the chat. I said, if anybody would want to uh, come on to the show and, and talk a little bit about this latest episode uh, of, uh, of Andor, um, you said that you still had some catching up to do, but uh, off screen, you had told me that you are caught up. I wanted to ask you overall, because we've been reviewing the show from the beginning, you know, the, the first couple of episodes, uh, when it first you know dropped, it was three episodes. So our, our show's been going on, but I wanted to ask you, um, what is have you been enjoying the show yes or no and what's your biggest like eye-opening moment uh on andor yeah well you know i'm not necessarily a star wars true in the sense that i'm not you know caught up on all the all the canon all the books and stuff like that for me um my not so hot start star wars trick has always been that you know um nostalgia aside rogue one is the best star wars property yeah, so yeah. from so i'm treating this as kind of like the you know, if 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 Rogue One is 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 Breaking Bad, this is kind of like the Better Call Saul. Um, you know, in as much as it's the slow burn, it's the character building. Um, it's really focused on, and, and it's and it's a lot of parallels between like the shit that we're going through right now. Um, so I enjoyed it. I enjoy the 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 pacing of it. I enjoy the the lack of cartoonishness that some of the other Star Wars properties have. Um, and and I enjoy obviously that it's you know it's a Latino lead. And that it, it is an immigrant story at its core. So I've I, I've enjoyed it. I've seen a lot of people that hate on it for a lot of reasons, and I can understand if they're not really used to that type of Star Wars product, or if they were really into the Mandalorian, those kind of things. How they could be a little bit against it, but I I do enjoy the world building. I do enjoy the the slow burn of it myself. Absolutely. I, you know, I, I have seen some of the uh, comments as well. Um, and I can, uh, you know, like you said, I can understand it, but there is a certain, uh, one of the things I love about it is that it seems like the producers are taking the material seriously. Like you said, there's no, there's no cartoon cartoony stuff. Um, my friends make fun of me because I, you know, as much as I enjoy the Mandalorian, I'm, I'm a little, 
um, tired of, of, of baby Yoda and Grogu or characters that have daddy issues and, and the whole relationship between Grogu and, and Mando. Um, this is, I think for me, this has been a star Wars show that I've been waiting for, for a really long time. They got the blue milk. They should be happy about that. They, exactly. They got, they, got yeah, the, yeah. they got the blue milk, milk and Cheerios. That's like the fan service right, right. there. I should do it right there. I, I was listening to um to a couple of your episodes and, and some people were bringing up the fact that there wasn't like a hammerhead shark or there wasn't like a there's an ant in a bar stuff like that those things don't yeah. I had I until I heard somebody make that reference it had not even registered with me that I wasn't seeing a bunch of aliens right you know maybe the humans are the ones that are best for making these specific widgets that they have them making in prison you know and that's why there's no aliens or stuff like that but it had not hit me that. There was a there was a, a a lack of of other world species until I had heard that complaint, so it didn't even register for me. Yeah, you know, I I know some of the complaints is is that there's not enough aliens. Some people are not really into the music, um, and it, you know, it, it is different. I'd like to say that it's, it's not it's not the Star Wars that we're used to, and you you said something to the to that effect already, but um, yeah, I mean. I, I think early on in one of our review shows, I think I stated that in order for Star Wars to grow, it's got to it's got to change a little bit. I think how long can Star Wars exist uh, within the same formula? Um, and we're, we're seeing a lot of that same formula, you know, over and over and over again. Um, but this is definitely something um, brand new, fresh and serious. Um and like you said, it's it's not cartoony. I know uh, somebody had mentioned uh, a while ago that uh, the Mandalorian to him seemed like um, like it was a live action um, Rebels show, and I can kind of you know see that uh, that aspect of it. Um, but absolutely, we've got Dragon Buddy that says uh, I have said over and over again that I wanted some dark Star Wars, and Andor has hit the nail right on the head there it's war kids um yeah i mean you know for somebody that loves uh rogue one i think for me rogue one is um you know probably my second or third favorite star wars out of everything that we that we have seen so absolutely there's uh that's one of the biggest reasons i enjoy rogue one and one of the biggest reasons i'm enjoying this series yeah absolutely um you if yeah you, there's literally something for everybody sure, in the yeah. star wars universe right now this is the this is more the hard age the, the hard edge one the 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 darker human you know we're talking literally about the empire and the prison population sure and and people getting put in prison with no it's like a a, a dystopia it's it's like what we're afraid that we're going to become um and um and and it's real and you don't have you know maybe george lucas will win the will buy the rights back and you'll but you'll add a bunch of ewoks digitally later on <laughs> you know just in the background just hanging around but right. for the people maybe that would make everybody but if you like the if you like the cutesy stuff you got the mandalorian if you like sure. you like the the trilogy stuff there there's 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 three trilogies all of them mirror each other and uh then and then you have the all the other smaller like the bad bunch and all these other things for for people that like these little one-offs sure. so yeah. i i do love the fact that it's like i said i i the better call Saul reference is 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 easy because you know where we're right. ending sure um but but i do and and i'm not like i said i'm not the biggest star wars fan so 
I'm seeing these characters. I'm just coming, kind of looking at it as as a as just a fan of TV for the most part. And then later registers me. Oh, that's the lady from here, and that's this yeah. person played an ex- important role. This person was actually in Rogue One, stuff like that. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, you know, I, I know, you know, one of the things that I, I find fascinating too is, you know, we've got Andor, we've got the, uh, we got Tony Gilroy and his brother. They're writing, you know, they're the showrunners of the show. Um, Rogue One obviously was a big hit among fans. These are um, these are properties that are created by people that are not super star wars fans they're not um you know buried in the lore um you also have movies like the empire strikes back that uh you know was directed by irving kirshner who again is not a big star wars fan he just liked the drama he liked the character relationship lawrence kasdan crafted a really great script um you know and you know lo and behold we've got the empire strikes back so i i think a lot of that um it really sh- uh, goes to show you that, uh, you know, for Star Wars, especially this series, you know, you really have to pay attention to the story. And I think, you know, one thing that I would agree that you said earlier was it didn't even occur to you that you just really don't see aliens. It's because I think I'm going to go out on the limb here is because you're really intrigued about the characters and the stories that is being presented to you. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. If 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 the story was boring, if it wasn't, if I, if I didn't find it unique, if I didn't love the the production value, and as a filmmaker, I I, I spend a lot of time when I'm watching shows, um, like I count setups. When I see a scene, I'm like, how many different setups did they have to do to get this shot? Oh, they cut to this angle. I'm always looking at it. So if the production value isn't there, if the story, if the visuals aren't there, then I'm gonna have time to start getting into like the the other stuff like oh and there's no what about why aren't there where's Jar Jar yeah. where's this person but <laughs> it's been so good that 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 hasn't come into my mind at all yeah you don't think about that stuff and i i think uh we are we are similar um when we come when when it comes to watching these shows um i um I watch, you know, I, I watch it first for the scope of it, the the cinematic aspect of it. I love, you know, that for the first three um, episodes, that story arc was was written so well, and I think it was a great idea to put those first three together because it really encapsulated one story arc between young Cassian and older Cassian. When that, you know, that last shot when they were looking out the window, it's almost like their, uh, you know, Tatooine sons moment where they are trying to figure out what the future holds um it's it's written so well um i don't think and i've said this before i, I don't think we've had a star wars written so carefully as as what andor is giving us no and 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 you said something that that kind of uh sparked a thought in me which is you know i i like to when i'm making movies i like to to cast against types so if somebody's usually cast as a good person i try to cast them as a villain i like to do that so you could you could sort of say the same thing when you're when you're talking about filmmaking or shows um there's a there's a for example for uh there's somebody that was i i, I think it was coming from from somebody that's doing a show and they were they were basically sh- throwing shade on the witcher where they were basically saying that there wasn't enough fans of the original material on that show for it to succeed or for it to not start going bad. Whereas if you take, like you said, if you get somebody that's a a good writer, a good director, and you just give them a subject matter and they don't treat it as lore, but they treat it as just an independent thing, they can also do magical things. It doesn't always have to be that the people making the shows are like the biggest hardcore fans. Sometimes that can be to its detriment. Sure. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, I, I totally agree. 
Um, let's get into the show a little bit. Um, I wanted to ask you if you have any standout moments, any favorite scenes that uh, that come to mind right where uh, our uh, discussion takes us at the top here. What do you think? Um, I really enjoyed um, all the stuff in in the prison. Um, I love the the sort of the the just keeping that that we keep going back to it, and 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 there's just this you know. 30 shifts later, you know, mm-hmm. et cetera, the, that, and, you know, the last scene where he basically answers the question that he's been asking them the whole time. Um, right. I, I, that, that part really getting me just the theme throughout the entire show that nobody's listening, you know, that it's one person who's, uh, you know, he's a, in a, in a desk job and he's trying to, you know, fight for this cause and nobody's listening to them that, before the investigator, nobody was listening to her. And now they're listening to her that, that nobody's right. there. It's, there's this sort of depressing element to that to that statement to the fact that the episode is is named is get that and I think it's it, it it's a lull because I think obviously they're building this up to you know a prison break or something else mm-hmm. in the next couple of episodes or something's got to happen so I really love the mood that it's set and it's hard to make it's hard to make like a prison stuff interesting for me mm-hmm. other than Oz um so yeah. so i thought that w- my favorite part was was that last scene where 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 they're finally able to talk open um and um andy andy circus's character oh yeah uh obviously was 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 crushing it at, at, at that entire show and, and yeah. when he sort of breaks down and says 12 on each level that's all right yeah now we know what's happening do you feel that um because i i had a feeling uh during the uh what do you call it during the buildup of the heist in a few episodes ago, mm-hmm. um, it seemed like there were two episodes that probably could have been one episode because it seemed like uh, the <clears throat> heist episodes were, uh, they almost ended in the same way where, um, where, you know, they, they build up to the, to the, to the robbery of, of the Imperial credits twice in both episodes. I feel like this is a little bit, similar you know now we're getting we we've got uh i think we had two episodes where he's in prison now you know it's it's a little further on um but do you feel like like maybe this these middle chapters could be tightened up a little bit you you can't give somebody like a like an eight hour movie and make it non-stop action you know so i think it's absolutely necessary to have slower points it was a bit frustrating to me and i'll use um I'll use a video game analogy. Um, I, if you played like Red Dead Redemption and, you know, there's this part in the in, in this game where you collect all this money and then suddenly something happens and none of the money matters. So I was a little frustrated because he had all that money and he's and like, then, right. he's in, you know, he's in paradise or whatever. And space, got, it's, uh, space Acapulco. Space Acapulco. And, <laughs> um, and he was there and, you know, he was having a good time, had a lady, was going out to just get some snacks, probably dehydrated. And all of a sudden, bam. So that part of it sort of made it like, man, why did we have to sit through this whole um, heist to get here? Yeah. But but other than that, I do think it's it's a it's a necessary evil. And when it's done correctly, you don't feel like it's a waste of time because even the character building of the characters and the planet um, during the eye episode and and that whole thing was so well crafted. It was like a little mini heist movie inside of the inside right. of an episode it was like a separate entity from because you could almost take that part of it out of that and it's just this little movie inside of this of this show 
where this little band you could have made a whole two-hour movie about the about sure. the backstories of each of these people why did that guy turn all you said is like somebody killed his father this guy was a renegade this guy's dad was a far you know every all each one of those seven characters could have had its own backstory to make that yeah. a full-fledged story and instead it's just you just get a little taste of each of them and and we get a little self-contained uh, heist yeah yeah totally um so getting back to the uh, the episode, um, nobody's listening. You know, we start out with that interrogation scene. Um, and as you can see, um, I'm a little bit loyal to the Empire. Um, I've got uh, our boss looking over my shoulder here, as you can tell, my hat with the uh, the insignia. But I That's am... The uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I am absolutely loving um the uh the scenes in the uh, imperial security bureau conference room because this is this is where we see a lot of internal workings of the isb um i loved uh dedra is it dedra or Deidre, guys I'm not sure but i love her her character um she is uh you don't want to mess with her i love her no, she's like she's like uh she's like the empire's uh, what she's the empire's Karen, right? She's chief <laughs> chief investigator. Yeah. Dedra, Dedra is the equivalent of Star Wars Karen, right? Um probably a lot more frightening. Yeah, I, more. I, I think we can flick uh we can flick spell the any Karen's tip of her nose and get her out of the way, but uh this one, yeah, she's uh definitely a, a force to be reckoned with. She's um interrogating uh Bix and um I love in the previous episode, I love that um Bix's uh partner there, the store owner was um seated at this at the chair and uh the other imperial said uh do you want us to take him out? No, leave him. Leave him there. And then she all of a sudden when when Bix came in she acted like, oh my God, what you know, you can't we can't let her see this. So it yeah. was it was kind of like a planned thing. And I love that like that little uh subterfuge, the little tricking um aspect of her character. Um, because she she's very manipulative. Yeah, I, I really she's not she's not just evil for the sake of evil. She's definitely feels like she's career oriented almost, and she's almost yeah. sees this as like her path to, to getting forward is to just uh, fuck, fuck people over and and do murder um i also thought that that at the end where the the other guy was like hey i want to hang that guy he wants yeah. he's like how about this guy can we hang him and she's like yeah whatever i don't care yeah, yeah exactly right. yeah yeah so so she and then also when um i think cyril is his name uh he yeah. came he he's stalking her he tries to he tries to do the 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 meat cute i guess and right. and, and, and bumps into her uh, and she's like, no, I don't got, I don't have time for you. She's very career oriented. There's she's a bunch of different layers, and she, and and the fact that she put Bix in that position and was just like, oh, messing with her mind even before they actually physically started messing right. with her mind. Yeah, it's just like top level evil. Um, you talk about top level evil. Somebody had posted on Twitter regarding the difference between how we perceive the Empire in the original trilogy versus how we perceive the Empire here. Um, obviously we have a lot more time to see what the empire does in Andor, but do you see a, uh, a difference between the, uh, characterization of the empire, uh, in both cases? What do you think? Yeah, I think we have more, that's number one, that you have more time to delve into like the inner workings. Sure. It's, it stops being like this, um, organization run by uh, the emperor and Vader, um, as like, you know, 
the emperor is the boss and vader's the street boss right and um and they're just this evil entity that just wants to do harm and then you look deeper and it's this whole like it, you know they're bigger than us steel right they're 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 a corporation they're 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 worker bees there's there's forms that have to get filled out to to properly process this evil um and i think that you're gonna you're getting a much deeper look and i think that's obviously because of the because obviously and then the the next step would be if it was a book right was if, if it was just a book about andor and you had 900 pages, you'd have an even deeper look at the inner sure. workings of, of what makes that work. So I think it's it's cool to look into it. It also gives it like this hollowness of of the evil empire is actually this this just big working monolith government agency almost that the yeah, bureaucracy of evil is a great way to, to put it. Sure. Yeah. And also there was the somebody had posted, I don't know if it was in your chat, but the 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 Dr. Gorst um comparisons to like uh like nazi doctors and stuff like that as well right yeah um what's the real nazis doctors yeah right yeah absolutely i think um yeah you you know the the empire in the original trilogy obviously they destroyed a planet um how much more evil can you get uh but uh you know i i think uh as as seven eight-year-olds it seems a little bit more um antiseptic you know, you're not meeting the people that are on the planet here. We are, you know, uh, Dedra is in Bix's face, threatening her. You see the torture. You see this doctor putting that thing on, on, on her head and explaining what she's about to hear. It's, uh, it's, it's horrifying. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, how it affects everyday people is more pronounced. Yes. You know, you know, you, you said it, they, they literally just, destroyed an entire planet as like a move as like haha see see what yeah. we can do and this is like you you get to see more of the boots on the ground more of the kind of how the people day to day are affected directly by it and also what it's laying all these seeds to to where all these people that are basically living as an occupied people um and how that leads to the 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 birth of the resistance yeah, absolutely. Um, you talked about the fact that you like the uh, the prison scenes, and I wanted to ask you because um, we we do see a lot of prison scenes in this episode and the previous episode. What is um, what is your takeaway with the relationships between Andor and some of the characters in in the prison? And obviously, we we have a little bit of a, uh, a an Easter egg. We see Melchi, who is in Rogue One later on. Obviously, you know he's part of of the crew. Um, I, you know, we we have four episodes left, and I, I I really am hoping to see a little bit more of that interaction between Melchi and, and Andor. And I know uh, season two of Andor starts shooting at the end of this month, and we've got time, uh, I guess, to kind of progress that relationship. But uh, what do you think about the relationship between Andor and, and the rest of his crew in prison? Um, I really like that, um, you know, how he, he was stepping in to help, um, you know, the older the older guy there that was that was having a hard time and how he quickly ingrained himself and was like, switch with me. He's like, yeah, he's faster yeah. Um, and, and stuff like that. Like he's a he's a worker, right? He's, he's a trabajador, right? He's like when it, it's time for the heist, it's time for to make the widgets. It's, you yeah. know, he, he's on it. Um, so I really like that. And obviously through adverse situations, uh, you meet people 
that then sort of can become important to you later in life. Um, do we, I, I, I'm not even aware of uh, what the canon is of how many years uh, further up is is um, is Rogue One happen. You know, do we know if it's like exactly like five it's years? Five, like yeah, it's five years. It's like, it's like five years. So yeah, so I think that it, as a step one of of building this uh you know because you can see him just starting to become this like jaded guy that we meet in in rogue one but it's he's already have all these things against him he's already got you know has so much crap that's happened to him in his life and and even more and so you can see even up until this point you can see how he would be just have a lifetime hatred of the empire but just the fact that it keeps getting worse and worse and worse you know kind of makes sense uh what kind of character you get when we see him in rogue one yeah, you know that first episode um, where we see Andor um, shooting the uh, the corpo. Um, he's trying to get away. He didn't ask for the trouble, but these guys are chasing him, and he just grabs the gun, you know, fights with them, and just blows one of them away. Um, obviously, we see the same thing in uh, at the beginning of Rogue One, where it seems like he has this conviction, um, where uh, you know, obviously in Rogue One, he didn't want to get caught by the Imperials, so he had to you know, make sure that this, this spy is, is taken yeah. care of. He doesn't want to be slowed down or have any information leaked on, on what he's doing there. Um, <clears throat> you know, we, how, how interesting is it to you that obviously we, we know where Andor ends up, but we've got this series that gives us a little insight into his character and, and why he is who he is, his experiences. Um, are, are you still kind of, when you're watching this show, are you still um, surprised at some character points, whether it's Andor or anybody else? Are you, you know, since we know where it's going, does that dissuade you from enjoying the the story? I think less so with uh, Cassian than with like Mon Mothma, because I think for her character, it's almost it's a little bit it's a little bit harder for me to see the 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 jump from Senator to like being an active leader in the resistance. I don't, like I said, I don't know a lot of the other Canon and other shows that kind of deal with that more directly. So I think for me personally, that knowing where she ends up from where she is now is like a little bit more of a surprise, but you can sort of see how they're setting up the relationship with their father, with her husband and daughter um, for Andor. The fact that he's so quick to do murder when we see him in rogue one, because he's like, I don't have time for this. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and we saw it episode one. We saw it again when when he saw that the guy uh, was like the guy that was mistrusting of him in the heist is like, yeah, let's split it 40 40. And he knew. Oh, yeah. If if I do this, this guy's just going to eventually turn around and kill me. Yeah. You know, um, so he's like he he very quickly can read a situation and and he's not afraid to pull that plug and say, yeah, this person is got to go for the greater good or for my survival. Right. Um, so, so I, I could, it's a lot easier for me to make that with his character as with the other character. Uh, but I do love seeing it happen. Yeah. And you know, when, uh, in rogue one, when Andor fails to pull the trigger on, um, on the order he was given by Draven, um, where Draven basically tells him when you find, um, what's Jen Ursel's father's name, Galen, when you find Galen, you know, uh, just take him out right then and there. We can't afford to keep him alive. I mean, he hesitates. Right. Uh, that was the big deal in, in, in that part of the movie. He hesitates. He doesn't take the shot. Um, I'm trying to see if we're going to see a reason for that, you know, 
now that uh, we're seeing some of this, and I thought maybe we were going to see a little bit of that on the heist somewhere where he is told to do something something and he kind of second guessed himself right now. It's, it's not happening yet, but um, you know, we, 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 what was that? No. Can we write that off to maybe like space boners? Cause I mean, he was like, he he met Jen and he was like, I don't know if I want to kill this girl's dad. Right. Yeah. We, we might have like a little bit of a we thing. Could, we like, could hook you know, up, you know, maybe. Might, yeah. But, um, you know, the tables are turned because last episode we have Vel getting orders to uh, find Cassian and kill him. Um, and obviously we are not at the point yet where Vel finds Cassian. So we don't know what's going to happen um, with that. And that might be something right then and there where obviously we know that Val doesn't uh, doesn't carry out those orders. So who knows what will happen at that point? Yeah, she might not be long. I mean, she might be better off going and living the spoiled rich girl life for a little bit. You know? Yeah. Um, I like the fact that they they introduced that Val was uh, Mon Mothma's cousin. And somebody in the chat, uh, either in the chat or on Twitter, I think, said that uh, they doubt that she was actually her cousin. It might be another um, trick of Mon Mothma. Um, But, you know, I I don't know what to think about that. Um, I'm finding out now that new Star Wars fans are are horny as fuck. So I, I don't know what's going on there. Um, the only thing I didn't like about the episode, we needed more, uh, Luthen. We needed more, uh, Stellan Skarsgård always. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? I have a theory. Um, it seems like, um, I, I can't remember her name, uh, Clea. It seems like Clea is a little bit more in control than Luthen is. It almost seems like Luthen is a figurehead, like a patsy. Okay. Like if, if, uh, if we get caught, he goes down and the rest of the, the body of Hydra is, is protected. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I also enjoy the the scenes with uh, uh, Cyril's mom. You know, oh, basically yeah. just I'm like, I got a roommate. You know, I got you a job. What am I making off of this? And it's like, I got a promotion, mom. It's like, oh my god, yes. Yeah, that's the only time that she smiled and was happy yeah. about it and said, "Here, here's some more cereal. Drink it with your blue milk." Um, I have a feeling Cyril is gonna. Uh, it's going to do something crazy. You know, the, the fact you, you mentioned it earlier, you said that uh, nobody is listening. Um, you know, I, I think somebody is finally listening to all these characters that have been struggling with, with uh, I guess, with, with identity, with, with purpose. Um, yeah. I, I, I think once, once Dedra gets um, approval from um, what's the, uh, the old Imperials guy's name, uh, Teddy Pendergrass. Uh, oh. I'm lost from what? part of guys, part of, the, the, um, the Imperial in the uh, ISB. I think, um, I think she's probably going to be uh, even more powerful. I think late, you know, we haven't seen the shot yet, but later on, um, or early on, even before the series was dropped, we had Dedra walking with death troopers and we haven't seen that yet. So I think her, her influence, her power within the Imperial machinery is starting to rise. And mm-hmm. I think that's, that's true with all the other characters. You've got, uh, you know, Cyril, who's got a promotion. We'll see where, uh, where he ends up. Um, and, or obviously they're going to do their, their escape. 
Um, so it, it's interesting. I think, you know, you talked about slow burn, but, you know, it, it, it really, this series, it really is being written very deliberately. Yeah, absolutely. And and you can even say that uh, Mon Mothma is not being listened to by her daughter or right. her husband and by the Senate. You know, exactly, they're, yeah. they're literally not listening to her. The lights are turning off. They're exactly. Her. Yeah. I saw yeah. that. I saw that. I, I watched this. I, I watched it uh, a second time this uh, earlier this morning. And when she was up there um, pleading her case, yeah, you, you saw people just turn off the lights and just walk away. And um, it's, it's pretty masterful now that I think of it, you know, you, you talked about uh, every character not being listened to and, and it's pretty damn deliberate. I can, I can see it now as plain as day now. Yeah, it was. I I, th I thought it was uh, masterful that 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 you could you could get all these similarities and references to what's happening on Earth with the incarceration, and and the human rights being violated, and 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 this this one action that he took and this heist and how they're really just cracking down on everybody. Yeah, you know, doubling people's sentences, basically deciding none of these prisoners are ever getting out. Um, and, and, and it's, and it's really putting all the chess pieces in place for the end of the season and hopefully a couple more seasons. Um, I don't want to get teased with Forrest Whitaker if I'm not going to get more Forrest Whitaker though. So yeah. hopefully we get more saw. Um, I mean, we, I, I, the only time that I was like, ah, oh, that's dope is when I saw K2 because I was like, okay, yeah, K2 is here. That was, that was up. And, um, so that was the, so I, I'm interested to seeing how they, how they end up this season because, uh, sometimes you have confidence in a show that they're, that they're going to stick the landing. And sometimes you feel that they, they, they might mess it up, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I, I feel this way. That was the way I felt about better call Saul, which is, I feel like they're going to stick the landing. Sure. Yeah. And this is slated for two seasons only. Um, there's going to be, uh, some time jumps in the second season. I think the first four are going to be, you know, a certain time period and they're going to skip a year between um, in the show, not in the real life. Um, but um, yeah, they're starting to ramp up and uh, show us in the second season anyways, um, you know, getting to tie the, uh, the, the ends together between the end of the show and uh, the beginning of rogue one. Um and I, you know, I, obviously, I think they did it masterfully in Rogue One, where you can watch Rogue One and Star Wars: A New Hope back to back, and uh, almost treat it like one film, which is uh, fantastic. Yeah, and you know, like I think it's more more of an okay take now to say that how good Rogue One was. Um, you know, like I said, nostalgia aside, you have a self-contained story. It is mm, sure. uh, the most visually beautiful of the films. Um, all the scenes, all the scenes. And uh, you also get the most badass version of Vader that we've seen on film for those last two minutes. So um, I'm a huge fan. Uh, when I saw Rogue One, I was like, I, I, I want more of this. And this is giving me more of that yeah. same time frame. I've always thought that the, 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 most, the most interesting part um, of the Star Wars universe that they hadn't explored is um, not only a Vader origin story, but the a Vader a Vader rise to power story. And I just think this this entire time frame between A New Hope and and this is like I, I I anything that's giving me something that's happening in this universe at that time is it makes me happy. Absolutely, yeah, I love this time period. Um, I you know I love seeing the rise of the empire, and really, I mean, what's intriguing to me is, like you said earlier, the uh, the common man. How is he affected? How 
how does the rest of the galaxy deal with uh, with this empire just you know encroaching on on the rights? Um, speaking of encroaching on rights, I wanted to ask you. You know, Star Wars has always been. Uh, we always had a, a baseline of um, you know real world um, politics per se. We had we had uh, the Vietnam War. We had the civil rights movement of the '60s. Uh, we had all that stuff that kind of laid a little bit of a groundwork uh, with uh, with what George Lucas was trying to tell back in the '70s. Um, a lot of people are you know saying that uh, one of the things that they don't like about this show. Is the uh, the deeper uh, steeped uh, ideology of politics kind of creeping in? I don't think it's as bad as people say it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to ask you what you thought of uh, the political messaging here. Obviously, the last episode, you got a brown guy walking um, down the street, uh, minding his own business, and he gets arrested. Um, but I wanted to ask you if you think it's too in your face or do you think it's it's well steeped in the Star Wars universe? Are you cool with it? <clears throat> What's your opinion? Um, I love it um, because anything that that, that 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 shines a light to fascism or to kind of corruption or government overreach or things like that, um, I think it's, it's it, I, I love seeing it on film. Is it as on the nose as the boys, you know, and, right. and, and is that maybe where some of the, some of the people that are like, wait, are, are we the baddies? Like, is, is that, is, is it coming from that place when people are complaining about it? If it is, uh, I'm not really too worried about people like that and, and, and them getting mad. Oh, you're making the, the fascists look bad. Let's just keep it. Let, there's, <laughs> there's good people on both sides, the empire and the, you know what I mean? Like, I, right. I'm not, I'm not really here to, to to give those people any shine. So I, I don't, I don't have a problem with it at all. I think that any artist that's creating art, whether it's star Wars, whether it's the boys, whether it's your own independent film or feature is going to put their perspective and, 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 and so much of themselves into it. So I'm assuming that these are artists and writers that are seeing what's going on in the world and in the U S every day. And they're going to see the similarities and parallels, and they're going to sure. try to give their opinion about that on there. So mm-hmm. I'm good with it. Yeah, absolutely. Are you familiar with George? One of George Lucas's earlier films called THX one one three eight. I am, but I haven't seen it in like a billion years. Sure, sure. So you know, um, obviously, a lot of that prison stuff has uh, some uh, throwbacks, some you know, kind of uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, you know, throwbacks to that film. Um, there's a lot of similarities between THX one one three eight. And uh, a lot of the prison stuff. Um, and um, it, it's interesting. I love the fact that, you know, they're doing a lot of that stuff. Um, they're uh, giving us some um, memorable scenes that uh, that are structured in a way that uh, that are throwbacks to something that we've seen before, especially in the um, I have coined a, a term called the Lucasian universe, um, which is okay. uh, which THX is is part of, obviously. Um but, um, you know, there's a lot of interesting things that happen here uh, story-wise. If we can get back into it real fast, um, Val goes back home to, to uh, well, not home. She's heading home, but on her way home, she stops at uh, Mon Mothma's, um, you know, home there to let her know what's going on. Um, what did you think of, um, what did you think of Mon Mothma 
and her uh, unique problem of trying to, I don't know if it's launder the money that she took out to, to, for the rebels or, um, you know, the, the ex-boyfriend here has a uh, solution, but Mon Mothma doesn't seem to like that solution. If I was ranking the storylines, it would be my least favorite. Okay. Um, in terms of it, just that one is the one that feels a little bit forced. I know we have to get to her becoming who she is. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's sort of like, oh, look how, how much her life sucks. Her husband's a piece of crap. Her daughter's not. I'm not sure if I froze or if you froze. Uh oh. Oh, okay. you're, you're back. back. You're back. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, yeah. So it was a little tedious in terms of the, 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 the having to get into that, but I understand it's necessary. I am it really builds to to the things in her life that are building up that that's going to make it and and also i love that she's in this tough decision where a false move she's the she's the she's the biggest she's the figurehead she's the she would be the biggest traitor to the empire if they found out about her sure. there would there would be bad repercussions for her and her family um if she's if she's found out so every move that she makes is so important um, and I think the the scenes with her um, and Luthen and talking about, you know, how how careful she has to be to bring other people into the plan sort of reminds me of uh, like the what is the uh, the Tom Cruise movie where, where they're trying to kill Hitler, where they're anybody oh. that you anybody that you approach about this has to be like you have to be 100 percent sure that they're right. going to be that they're going to be cool. Um, so I, I like that tension. But in general, the party scenes and the stuff like that is is where I'm a little bit less 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 vested. You know, it's interesting because that party scene, there's a scene where the camera kind of goes around and then you've got the characters talking about the overreach of the Empire and how um, and, and I remember hearing that conversation and actually remember hearing that conversation in the real world with the Patriot Act and how the government is teaming up with Telcom to listen in on our conversations. And one character in, in that scene said, if you have nothing to hide, then what are you worried about? And I mean, it, it was it was like very like in your face at that point. But, you know, have you seen um, any of the uh, animated shows that uh, that Mon Mothma plays a prominent role in? Uh, she's in the the Clone Wars and and what else the Rebel uh, Rebels Rebels. No, I haven't. I've I've seen it, but I haven't. I haven't been like yeah. deep into it. There is uh, some really great synergy between uh, Mon Mothma and Sagarera in those shows, and I'm really uh, hoping to see more of that uh, in live action. Obviously, because obviously the two uh, actors that are playing the roles here are just phenomenal. And once um, once Mon Mothma really gets into her groove, um, I do want to see more of that interaction. And Saw Gerrera, again, if you have not um, read any of the novels or know any extra material with Saw Gerrera, he is brutal. He uh, he will, uh, you know, the hell with collateral damage. If he sees a target, he's going to wipe that. Um, that, that base out, you know, to hell with, with civilians. So that's one of the reasons that the, the rebellion proper is not too crazy about uh, the tactics of Saw Gerrera. And I, I think I, I find that dynamic really uh, intriguing. Um, I also but, was wondering when we saw, saw if like, was, was Jin in the other room somewhere? Like, where, Oh where yeah. No, you know, if, if you read, there's a, a novel called rebel rising, um, it tells you the story um, that takes place right after Saw Gerrera rescues her as a little kid 
And, um, you know, they go through some adventures, but he uh, he abandons her somewhere because he wants to protect her, her, her and 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 himself. So they are not together at this point. OK. All right. Yeah. But um, yeah, some of those novels are really great background um, information for some of the characters that we have here. Um, you had a book called uh, The Catalyst, which was kind of a precursor for Rogue One, which gave you some really great backstory on uh, Galen Erso, um, Tarkin and uh, and director Krennic, um, uh, uh, those characters. So it's, it's a lot of good stuff there. I have um I have a lot of friends that are huge. I have a friend that has a, a Star Wars collection that's like probably like one hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of stuff toys, and I also have friends that swear only by the novels, and some people that that swear only by like the the uh, the animated shows and and those the the things. I I I like to dabble in it. I'm more like an original trilogy and and Rogue sure. One fan myself. Yeah. Um, and I've watched the shows, and out of all of them, out of all the properties, I think this I, I have to put this one probably number one for me right now. And yeah. And I've enjoyed all the other ones to a certain degree. Sure. Yeah. No. I, I yeah. For us, it's uh it's pretty up there on top as well. Um. I want to say a, a quick hello to the chat. We got Dale uh, that joined us. Uh, Tina is still talking. Dragon Buddy, White Shadow, thanks for joining us. Dave Richards from uh, uh, from across the pond there. Jack's Law, thank you so much. Uh, we had um, Mr. Latino Slant himself join us for a little Polly. bit. Paulie's in the house. Uh, let's see who's in there. Rolando, G-Force <clears throat> Racing, thank you so much, Ubaldo. Rolando uh, is in there as well. Did I mention White Shadow? There's a wonderful, wonderful group of people in the chat. Thank you very much. And it uh, looks like they're behehaving. Um, usually the uh, chat gets a little uh, ornery there when we're talking Mods about Mods are having uh, an off day. Yeah, absolutely. Tim's talk is in there. Thanks, Tim, for joining us. Hectalorian. I am going all the way up the list here. Thank you, guys. You guys rock uh every week here when you uh when i come on here when we come on here and talk about star wars but uh thank you very much if you guys have not um hit the like uh the thumbs up on this episode please do so we're going to drop this episode audio wise if you are uh, if you want to listen to us again let's see uh, uh, um yes to your question there okay. so uh we are uh, almost at the hour mark but i wanted to uh quickly um say uh or, or ask you what are your final thoughts on this episode in particular we are uh what four episodes left in this season i'm really looking forward to seeing what um you know what uh, what's next um what uh, what are your takes on this show yeah, one of the things I love most about watching movies is not knowing anything about a movie before I watch it. It's like it, I, I going to go in blind. Going to go in blind. So yeah. as somebody who, like I said, I I'm not a Star Wars. I'm a Star Wars obviously fan, uh, but I'm not a Star Wars like true true that knows all of it. So for me, I had a little bit more of like an open ended look at it. So for me, as as quality TV as a quality drama, it's there. Um, I think I heard somebody talking about it where, like, you could put this story in, you know, a feudal Japan. You could put this in, like, South America. You could put this in Russia. You could you could set this same sort of story um, in a bunch of different places, and it would still play. So I am a huge fan of the show. I, I've enjoyed watching it. I enjoy the drama, the dialogue, the story. The sets are beautiful. 
um the mix of 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 practical and real life effects is great i i love that it's not as cartoony so i'm a, i'm a fan overall i'm glad actually that you invited me on the show because you know it made me pay attention a little bit more over the last couple of episodes because i wanted to be a little bit more learned um so overall i'm excited about where it's going to end having seen what they've done i i'm confident that they'll stick the landing um and and compared to the other properties um it's a little bit more serious it's a little bit of grow them up a little bit darker um so i'm excited for a for a variety of types of star wars content absolutely you know this show was announced back in 2018 or 2019 um i think they had to they had to wait you know COVID slowed a lot of the shows down but they also had to wait for uh, diego luna to finish up uh narcos i think um but in the interim i think one of the things that really helps this show is the fact that they planned it out um they um they they you know i think originally it was planned out to be five seasons but um the way that they wanted to tell this story. Um, I remember there was an interview with Tony Gilroy saying that we couldn't, we couldn't do it on the cheap. It was a grand story that we really had to dive in and, and tell it the way it deserves to be told. And I'm so glad that they did that. You can tell that from, from the get go. Um, the, the shots are, uh, you know, the, one of the, one of my biggest complaints in some of the other uh, Star Wars shows is that there's not a lot of wide shots. There's not a lot of world building shots where you can really, you know, just sit back and admire um, this this wide scenery, um, and you can tell obviously that you know that it was being shot in on the volume because it's very you know limiting. Um, but this show really, um, you know, we're we're getting spoiled. I, I posted earlier in the week. Um, I'm almost I'm almost afraid to go back to regular Star Wars. This has got me so spoiled. You know. But it, but the other the other properties do what they do better. Like sure, Mandalorian, yeah. Mandalorian is like the cutesy show, and then you have like um, the the other one with with that's got more aliens. Um, which one? The Boba Fett show because yeah. it's got the big Wookies and and Jabba's and this and that, and 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 it's there. And sure. this is more like drama, you know, yeah. and and sure. and 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 heist and stuff like that. Like you know, you know. Yeah, better heist. It was better heist than the solo heist, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely, definitely. But um, awesome, awesome. Uh, Lewis, thank you so much for joining me. I want to give you an opportunity to tell the folks that uh, don't know you uh, that are here in the chat to uh, let uh, folks know what you do, what your Absolutely. show is all about, and all that stuff. Yeah, uh, Luis Martinez, aka Big Chief Burrito, on Twitter or on Instagram at Big Chief Burrito. I am a filmmaker and a podcaster and a streamer. I've made two feature films and about a dozen films, short films that have been in festivals. I'm a filmmaker. I'm a writer and an editor, but I love podcasting. I love streaming. I love creating content. I have two podcasts, uh, Fireside Chats with Big Chief Burrito, which uh, we'd love to invite you on, Ro. Absolutely. And also Mi, Mi Gente Show, um, where we talk uh, reacting to news and culture from a, from a Lat Latino point of view. Um, and I do those because it gives me the chance to connect to people and to have interesting conversations and to create content. Uh, the easiest way to find me is either Twitter at Big Chief Burrito or you can go to 2ambburrito.com and you can see some of my films, some of my work, and you can see uh, links to all the places where you can keep up with us. Um, and we also stream Thursdays um, on the 2AM Burrito YouTube channel as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Awesome. Awesome stuff. I will, uh, I'll definitely check it out and thank you very much again for joining us, uh, here at the Scarif Scuttlebutt uh, podcast. Uh, 
chat. If you are uh, live, what did you think of uh, of our takes? Uh, if you're listening to this for the first time um, in the audio chat, um, let us know what you think. You know, we have a hotline set up, 773-234-8659. Hit us up. You know what? I'm going to put up your uh, – here you go. Thank you. Um, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, hit us up, uh, leave us a voicemail, 773-234-8659. As you can tell by our wonderful little, uh, logo up on the left-hand side, we are part of the Red 5 Network. Check out the rest of the Red 5 Network at bio.link slash red5. Until next time, I am Ro from the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast, and, uh, I'd like to thank my guest, Luis. Mucho gusto. Muchas gracias. I'd love to be on your show, man. Yeah, absolutely. And anytime you need me, just let me know, brother. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. Until next time, that's the scuttlebutt. Don't forget to uh, put your sunscreen on and grab your blaster because it's always sunny on Scarif. And that's the scuttlebutt. Take care, everybody. (laughs) 